Well, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to this ongoing podcast series for, on the partnership with Talking Leadership and Best Practice Network. My name is Kevin Bennett. I'm the facilitator for New South Wales and Queensland and pleased to be the co-host on this podcast series. I'm joined by Eric Perez. How are you, Eric? I'm well, mate. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We've got three fantastic guests today. They're going to be talking about sustainability and leadership and, and how this is uh, progressing through each of our individual businesses. So before we make into the, the first comments and discussions, I'd like to uh, get the three of them to introduce themselves. So hello, Rachel. How are you? Oh, hi. Hi, Kevin. Yeah, my name is Rachel Bate and I'm the managing director of a company called Viltech uh, Recycling and Environmental Solutions here in Queensland and we, we have the business in Queensland and Northern Territory and we bring innovation in recycling and waste management from Europe. It's been our pleasure, it's a great a great, great thing to be in this discussion today Kevin because sustainability and the environment is everything we're about and you know we've been in this business for 17 years and the interesting thing is this last 12 months has changed everything for us and it's become the most like all my staff myself we are basically running to work every day because the positive side of the environment and sustainability is here so yeah it's a pleasure to be here thank you that's fantastic and I think you'll have some interesting insights if you're working with other businesses as well so uh, great uh, Charlotte introduce yourself please oh yes um so I'm Charlotte Jennings I'm part of the graduate program at the Winston Group and I'm working as a sustainability projects and packaging officer my main focus is around reducing our packaging and reaching those APCO targets that we've signed on for um, and particularly in this new industry where there's a strong drive for a high recycled content and reduced plastic and making sure that everything is recyclable. Um, I'm a bit new to the sustainability front, but I'm learning everything I can and there's so much information out there. So it's great to be here. Fantastic. And, and I think we're really interested in our insights as being part of that graduate program, which I know is a fantastic graduate program as part of Winston Group and, and you're one of the emerging leaders. So I'm really interested to uh, see your uh, confidence and, and what you can contribute to this discussion. Now, no stranger to these podcast series, uh, Neil. Hi, my name is Neil Corden. I'm the uh, Supply Chain Manager and Quality Systems Manager at Brown Probe. I have a background in quality management in automotive in the UK and in Australia, and I've held roles in continuous improvement and safety. My roles have been very broad. I've covered reliability, technical support, and I've been looking after the supply chain and quality systems for the last five years. Brown Probes, the world's leading technology company, supplying slope stability radars and laser equipment to the mining and civil sector. And we were 20 years old last month, having been founded out of a PhD project out of University of Queensland. Um, and we're now sending our products to 34 countries. And sustainability is my core belief at the moment. It's that for the last two years, it's been my sort of passion, um, self-import, self-appointed um, uh, sustainability leader within the business and now responsible for helping the business implement its ESG policy. Fantastic, Neil. And I know you did. You presented on an excellent sustainable supply chain forum recently as well, which was a lot of great takeaways. So, Rachel, I know you within your own business, but you, you obviously engage with a lot of external businesses. So describe the last 12 to 18 months in terms of how businesses have, have engaged and the sort of conversations you're having around the sustainability and the environment. Okay, well, it, it's certainly very in a very positive way, which is, is a great start. So we get called into businesses every day who want us to come in and evaluate all the different opportunities that they have to improve their environmental footprint and look at all of the recycling options that they have. And this is an ever-growing area. Very, very exciting technologies are coming into Australia for efficient recycling. And also, it comes down to also analysing. We, we do uh, analysis through their businesses of how they actually, as their products come into their systems, what waste they generate, things such as time, you know, all the, all the different ways that are associated right through to how they can reduce that footprint of that product going out and where is it actually going to go. So a business that we are working with currently like is, is Banana Farms, for example, up in North Queensland. They, you know, they've been landfilling all that beautiful plastic and burning it. Uh, we now have a fantastic opportunity to bail that product on site and have that brought back shredded, washed, 
and recycle back into plastic pellets so that they can be reused. And that's the thinking. It's got to, they're changing their thinking and looking for processes within their buildings, but also how they're going to, where that product is going and how it's going to be used in Australia. And, and innovation. Innovation's a big one they're asking for. What heck? You know, the old ways of dealing with their sustainability projects are completely being revamped now. So it's it's very engaging. And, you know, as we have like with Charlotte, wonderful people like Charlotte in these organisations, we're bringing all different views into how we analyse our impact on the environment. It's fantastic. No, I think I agree with you, Rachel. And I think there's, there's definitely, having visited a number of visitors the last few weeks, the last couple of months, there's the whole openness to discuss it now um and also be quite innovative the traditional of just recycle it put it in a bin is it's moved on now you know we've got to get better at doing that but it is about how can i how can i make value from it as well in terms of turning it into products that are of use um yeah, definitely. And that, and that's something that's in basically every discussion we have now is that in their P&L, I expect in the future, if not now, that there's a line from each of these products that they're recycling that's an income stream that, you know, when, when we've got people in the business doing sorting and, and segregation so that we get very good quality recyclable product that has a value in this. And there most definitely is, you know, plastics made from oil. Oil is a finite uh, product and plastic is not the enemy. It's it going to landfill is their problem yep. or into our waterways. Now, if we reuse it, it is a beautiful product. Yep. So well, It's a great analogy, Rachel. And I think that that's some of the positiveness that we're, and this is why we want to discuss this about, well, how do businesses, you know, how do we get our leadership to start all thinking that way and thinking about it as being an upside? We were talking with a couple of members the other week and, and they now see the sustainable decarbonization supply chain as business opportunities where before it used to be a business threat. And I think very much, Neil, I know in terms of ground probe that that's, I know you've been, you know, a big passion around this area, but I think it is something that's been through the DNA now of we can make some really good impacts here and, and have some great positive outcomes. And you're seeing that as senior team as well, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely it's a business opportunity in many respects. I mean, financially, it makes good sense as well. I mean, whatever you do in this in this sphere, there's always a payback somewhere. Um, you know, there's payback to the planet, obviously, which is the main sort of objective. But there's also financial payback and there's reputational payback as well. I mean, you know, people when people see that you're doing the right thing, they want to partner with you. They want to be you know, they want to do business with you, whether it be putting we're just installing solar panels on the roof of this building, a hundred kilowatt system. You know, we're going to help reduce our, our carbon footprint. That's a direct uh, action that we're taking as a business that's going to have a direct financial payback. But we're going to market that as well because you know we want people to know that we we have got this sustainability belief in our DNA, and that's that's it's you can you can monetize it if you want to, and and as you say, there's then actually the material content stuff as well is. Actually, using recycled material content is cheaper than it is than buying the fresh stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so that everywhere you look on this, there's there's a, there's a win. Exactly right, and I think it's. Um, I'll come to you now, Charlotte, but I think. Is, uh, we had a forum on electric vehicles this week, and um, you know that they the the studies were saying that it's going to slowly become become a contractual requirement to be doing these type of things, and could almost be a ticket to do business. I think it's something we've got to come with. So, so Charlotte, I know there's a lot been going on. So, what's the sort of things that uh, that Winston Group are doing? And I know what what are you what are you as Winston Group seeing out in the marketplace? Well, I think the biggest driver at the moment is our waste, our on-site waste that we generate. Like Rachel said, we are looking for those different avenues to try and generate an income from this waste that we used to send to landfill. I know over the last year, we reduced like 150 tonne just by finding other options, send it to e-waste, get a steel skit, recycle our plastic so that we can actually save it from landfill. But there's also a strong demand in the market for that recycled content. So customers are asking for palette wrap that is made of recycled content and the struggle is because we haven't really found that avenues or no one's really pushing those avenues at the moment it's hard to find that recycled content to meet the need of the market. I think also another driver we found is compostability. There's a lot of green talk about compostability and the cost of compostability and that may force leadership to want to, it affects the bottom line, but it has such a sustainable drive. We really are at that turning point where 
other costs worth that sustainable buy-off and that marketing opportunity that you can get. And what are you seeing in terms of, obviously, I know a fair number of the senior team there. So what are you seeing at a leadership level? Because obviously there's, there's internal benefits and external benefits. So what's the sort of conversations and how is that being promoted to you as an organization? In the last year, there's been so much change and it's all been driven by our top level leadership. Just as a graduate, I know where everyone stands on how much they want to see change. I mean, we went from struggling to take struggling to take away those polystyrene cups, now encouraging the bring your own cup. And that was all driven from top management. They're also very open on how they perceive the benefits, not only financially, but the environmental benefits on all the changes we are making. And I think it's really driven by that communication and that leading the way. Fantastic. So coming back to you, Rachel, here, and again, I want to focus on the, the leadership discussions because as we know a lot of this case, if our leadership isn't talking about it, communicating and motivating. So what, what's the sort of discussions that you're having? You know, when you're talking to organizations, you know, I'm sure you've come across the ones that just see what you offer as a pure cost. You know, there's there's no in terms of what we're doing. So I'm trying to explore what's the sort of conversations when you have with business leaders when they come to you to say, Rachel, I want to do this. Well, initially what we do is we ask what are their issues? So what are the issues that they have regarding their, their sustainability targets? Their, what, are, what is it that they're trying to improve in their waste management and recycling? And out of those issues, we find you know the paths that they go down to. And you know obviously cardboard and soft plastics are easy, no brainer. You know, the the old days of sending that stuff loose and skips, they're over. So bailing, we very quickly find out whether it's a financial uh, benefit to them very quickly. And that's, that's an easy one. Then we start looking and that's where we engage them with things like waste value mapping, where we will actually engage their team and, and management to go, well, where do you see the efficiencies that we can improve? And that can often start from where, as the products are coming into their businesses. And so, you know, a, a walk around I, I did recently where we discovered that there were five different products coming into the warehouse, into the distribution center that we could immediately change to a recyclable product going out the end of that distribution center and actually create a value out of that product whereas they were being charged so immediately just in, a, in usually like it's a 20 20 minute half an hour conversation and a walk around and often we'll make tens of thousands of dollars difference it's just uh hand it's a lot of it's hands-on it's walking around and, and engaging the team and and i think that management you know we've got so many People coming into these organisations that are very keen on on, on being uh, environmentally responsible, they engage their teams. But obviously, the bottom line is they want to see it in their PL, and that's where we show them it is in there. They will see the the benefit of coming in. Yeah, and I think that really picks up on some of the discussions we had before about how we how we change the conversation, how we convert the conversation. Um, and I think Charlotte you just put notes there is about it's very easy to fall in the negative side of this, which I know where we've been with plastic and cardboard and you know Neil, do you uh, just Neil, do you want to just share that conversation that you had a couple of years ago and how that's turned around? Yeah, just when we're talking about you know getting value for plastics and things like that, Charlotte just mentioned that as well. And a couple of years ago, well, maybe just over two years ago, we were looking to try and find a way of disposing of a lot of our soft plastics. We had a lot of you know that packaging kind of material, and you know we couldn't find anywhere other than the, the bin down at Coles, you know the red cycle bin. It's like there's no way you could turn up with a ute full of plastic and try and cram it into the red cycle bin in Coles. And so, you know, we've phoned around a few waste companies, you know, the people that we've got contracts with, no, no idea, phoned our local MP and said, what the hell are we supposed to do with this stuff? You know, we're a small local business. Everyone around us must be in the same boat. And he said, I've got nothing to offer you right now. We're working on the infrastructure. But in two years' time, people will pay you for this stuff. And he was bang on. Now we're two years on and people are, gimme, gimme, gimme. We want this stuff. It's good. It's cheap, cheaper material for them to manufacture stuff. And I'm like, at the time, I thought, as if people are going to pay you for waste plastic. And, and here we are, you know. No, exactly right. And I think it's really interesting. I keep coming back to this this whole point of now seeing value and opportunities. And I think we've spoken about this in having a positive mindset, Eric, and this having this growth mindset. And I think that that's coming around from, from a leadership point of view. So, Eric, do you want to just build on that? Because I think it's a common theme 
I know speaking to David Stewart about having this growth and positive mindset and, and seeing opportunities. Yeah, definitely in the previous sets of discussions and what I'm hearing with the discussion now is that take away the, the, the politics of sustainability because depending on the industry, the politics of this gets very, very murky. So from a, from a bit solely a business perspective, I think the narrative that there are ways to potentially generate passive income or contribute to better environmental outcomes if there is a way to create the business case for businesses i think that will get them in and i think rachel talked about it before that you can fix a process and potentially save tens of thousands of dollars and if your bottom line is important to you then that that kind of uh, approach is important all, all i can say in terms of where you go with sustainability i think there are differences in some industries. If you have a growth mindset, you'll try and find solutions to difficult problems. And if if we take it back to the leadership discussion, I think more effective leaders will try and find what is the opportunity rather than why can't we do something, if that makes sense. Yep. No, it does. And I think I want to just build on something there, which is now about emerging leadership and, and new employees. So how much do you think as a group, and I'll come to each of you, that you know, when, when an, a potential employee is looking at a business now, how much do you think the messaging and the actions around sustainability and environment now form part of their decision? Because one of the messages we're getting in is it's becoming more and more, I'll be interested in Charlotte because you're new in the graduate, but it's becoming more and more two-way process now is the fact you've got to interview for your job, but you're also interviewing the employer to be how about we do it. So how much do you think this sustainability and environment, because I think it's a watch out for leadership. They've got to be aware it's on the way. So, Charlotte, how, how much do you think is part of part of the way that leaders and businesses message themselves? How important is that now for new employees? I'd say it's one of the biggest drivers, especially for recent graduates out of university. I know when I was in university, sustainability was a topic you spoke about in every single unit. It became such a big driver. And then once you've reached that point, we're living in a climate where every time you open the news, there's always a dire climate change issue or a diet pollution issue. So you, as uh, looking for a job, you want that driven and advertised proof that who you're working for is making a change and you're making a difference if you do sign up or join this role. You can prove that I feel good being in this company because they have sustainability policies. They have a volunteer day where you go pick up rubbish for Clean Up Australia. I feel like I'm making a difference by signing on. Great, Charlotte. So, Neil, and I know you've been trying to recruit people. So, how much is it coming up in the conversation? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm really pleased to hear you say that, Charlotte, because that's definitely the way that we would hope that we're viewed as well, is that people would be looking on LinkedIn and they'll be seeing that stuff. And I said, you know, you can market that a bit. It's also something that in the interviews we start with that. We start with explaining the company's philosophy and the view, what we're here for, what our purpose is and that kind of thing. So we set the scene and you can see the way the interviewees respond to that. They already think, I want to work here before they even get into the nitty gritty of, what the job might want to be because people do want to make a difference and I think yeah the younger they are the more significant a decision it is for them because the more they're going to feel the consequence I think yeah it's it's a massive thing and we're actually leading with that that's kind of our, our first cab off the rank when we when we're talking to new potential employees Rachel any any thoughts or comments on what you're seeing or hearing it, it, most definitely because obviously it's a, it's an investment both ways the business is investing in these wonderful new employees regardless of whether they're young or old or where they've come from and the, the you know you, you you're hoping to say for a five-year investment in that person and they are likewise looking to see what your business is going to achieve so that they are feeling good because it's all about the environment that people work in and if they as Neil was saying it's the environment of the business that you're moving into and the investment that you put into that business, uh, it's a huge difference at the moment, Kevin. I believe wholeheartedly that it is one of the major factors of why people are choosing the roles today. So with that in mind, and I think it has come around in our emerging leaders discussion about this this two-way interview process. So do we feel businesses are, are, are currently making enough of this? And is there, without giving away names, but is, is there any examples that, that you've seen up there that would really attract you? Um, some examples of things you've seen that uh, you may think, wow, that's almost something that, that we want to we want to aspire to. So do we think businesses are doing enough 
at the minute in terms of promoting this message? Who wants to go first? I think they could do more. <laughs> uh, again, though, that that is based on their uh, on their figures today. So, you know, a successful organisation is going to be very proud to promote those figures. You know, I went into a multinational company yesterday, and their figures were terrible, so they're not going to promote those. But, however, they were they were you know they are changing their policies. To embrace it. Yeah. So, so Charlotte, is there any is there any um, any business out there that you you aspire to or or see that are really leading the way in terms of this? I think it's the big multinationals. As a small to medium business, obviously, we can't reach those levels with what um, investments we have. But it's those big multinationals that are making the commitment, the net zeros and the reducing all our plastic by this date. That's a real driver because you see it advertised and you see that, oh, I'm contributing to that. But again, big multinationals and the small to medium Australian business are very different. So it's kind of like finding that middle ground where you don't have the resources to reach those targets just yet, but you're trying to make the steps and you're showing that you're making those steps. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. And again, we've spoken about this a number of times about the role of leadership and it means different things at at different levels. And I want to pick up on something Rachel just said about sometimes it can just be really simple, easy stuff. So turning lights on, turning lights off or converting something or it's just so Rachel, I think you you mentioned that point. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate these things and think it's got to be, you know, we, yes, we want to, you know, in terms of a planet, have an impact, but sometimes we've got to start small is that the sort of things you're discussing Rachel with businesses yeah I think yeah definitely and it's it's like the Kaizen principle you know continuous improvement small steps make huge steps you know you look at you look at small change in a business and I've been in many business myself over the years where when we've sat down and we've taken a day and we've gone through our whole business or our whole manufacturing plant and each person in every every area identifies the issues that they have, and then those improvements are put together. And it can be as simple. And and I, I, we did. I remember once in a computer company that I worked in for a number of years, where we built thousands of computers. We actually spent a day and looked at everybody's workstations as the as the computers flowed through the business. In that single day we made massive changes with very little cost to the business apart from the time taken of those employees and the following week with the change like we were allowed to move simple things like all our furniture around our workstations and all of the um, in the workshops we could move things we did that the following week the improvement was enormous very very little cost and it's the same with going into an organization and going just sit down for a minute and have a look at how things flow through your business or what's coming into your business quite quickly you can make very good changes without a great deal of money involved and that's how you get that culture and I believe the culture's here now we've got to stop being negative about recycling and and sustainability Everybody is getting on board. Now we show people the positive things and there's so much going on. That's what we need to publicize. Yeah, as I say, in businesses, you know, whether you're small or large, you can make quite quick improvements that yeah. aren't. Yeah, and I do want to pick up, and we've just had a recent deal to visit to Neil and his team. So Neil, I know you do, you've done a lot of work with the teams on their culture and, and getting their engagement and then the ideas start to come. I know that's been a big part of the ground probe and your strategy. Yeah, that's just what Rachel was saying there. We started a couple of years ago to integrate the the, um, the sustainability stream of ideas into our continuous improvement program, which involves people submitting cards and things like that. And it started with lots and lots of very small ideas, which made a big impact collectively. But we also started doing some education sessions. There was a lot of misinformation flowing on Facebook and social media and so we've started a lunch and learn campaign where we've got people to just come in at lunchtime and sit and chat about these things. And I started presenting some some progress, some of the really amazing things that are going on in, in industry and in the world and innovation technology in the space that we live in in Grand Pro. And that's been going for two years now and it's had a major impact and, and spreading that across the business, going out to, you know, further into the business with that message, but also coupling that with the ability for them to then contribute and actually make suggestions about small step changes that we can make. And there's been some really big changes as well, but most of them are, you know, just discrete changes at the point of action where someone's just thinking slightly differently about what they're buying or how they're disposing of something. And that that 
collectively adds up to a, a cultural mindset for the business, which drives massive change. Yeah, and I, I want to pick up on something that uh, Charlotte said as well, which is about, and you mentioned about, you know, when you listen to a business about, do they do a volunteers day or do they connect with a clean, clean Australia day? Because we, we, I think we've always found working across the network some improvement. If people can take an idea and engage with it on a personal level, but then at a family, community level, and work level, it just seems to it just seems to mean more. You know, in terms of you know working with schools that collect tops that get converted into artificial limbs, or you know the good old ten cents ten cents recycling. I was at the local one again last weekend, and it was queued. And I reckon you know sixty percent was kids and families who've been been out collecting, was recycling, and almost dragging the parents along. You know, it's almost going, we're going to do this because of the way we want to go. So go go back to you, Charlotte, in terms of, you know, I think we've got to start looking. Yes, there's a business element here, but there's also a community and personal engagement that we can draw on as well. What, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, definitely. I think we're all dealing with the environmental impacts of what we've done in the past. And that includes all our children, all our grandchildren, and we really want to improve it. So any way that you can engage um, other people the business make sure that they also are on the same level and then making changes with you as a business and also as a team in building that culture will definitely encourage that education program that push to be more sustainable not only on a personal level but on a business level you need that it's all about culture you need that switch on culture you can make sure that leaders are showing that their families are involved everyone's involved together and us as a human race or us as australia are making these changes not just for the financial benefits of a business which i suppose comes back uh, eric here and again it keeps coming back about the ability to communicate support allow your teams to develop allow your teams to experiment you know, um, because that's what that's what drives innovation is um, I think we're going to find this as we go to different topics. These these, these common themes are going to start keep coming back here. A- anything that Eric, just as we're, we're, we're around and around these discussion points. Yeah. I, I think whatever the organization is, the size of the organization, if you don't see your senior leaders invested in what you're doing or they're not connected and it seems to be tokenistic, then people will not connect. So there has to be genuine buy-in from the people that run the joint. If you don't feel that, they're walking the walk and talking the talk then that disconnect will make you think twice and i've known of some people that have foregone job opportunities because they don't think their values line up how do you align values in an organization and i think um, any leader that doesn't understand what those look like and what they drive is not going to be as effective as they otherwise might be there is a darker side to that that there could be people and and i I never want to make assumptions here but a lot of times people that work in some organizations it's a very functional thing they go to work they do a nine to five and they go home they're not at work to be more sustainable they're not at work to help with the progress of the business beyond their bit of it so is there a chance that you will alienate some people in your business that are good at what they do i don't know but um what i'm trying to say here is that for those that don't necessarily align straight away and aren't taken for the journey it seems to me that there's an opportunity for these people to be marginalized in the business but why aren't you greener why aren't you like the rest of us i would suggest and i think rachel's brought this up or i think it's implied this that you bring people along and if people don't want to come along okay is that all right and if it's not that needs to be made very clear by those in the know so that level of cognitive dissonance between what you're hearing what you're seeing in your own values that stuff is going to become more important it's the stuff of leadership that is the most difficult to engage with it from my perspective yeah no that's great and i think it really starts to tie together on the point so so rachel do you want to come back to, to miltech here so are you having to explain i suppose about what miltech really is because it's, it's very easy to pigeon into oh you just take cardboard put it on a pallet and put a strap around it for me is that's is that you know um yeah. has that changed is that changing or are, are you having to get people to really think about what it is more about it's very interesting because what what the engagement is now pre, when we first started all we were doing was putting in cardboard balers so 17 years ago that's all we did we put yeah. in machines all around the place they bailed cardboard we changed the thinking on cardboard from loose bins and then suddenly this this terrible thing called plastic popped up and suddenly that that thing get, get, gained value so then we had a product that if it was bailed it was that whole wally effect we would provide the bales and the recycling would start calling us which is what's happening enormously now is they want those beautiful bales and so and then part of that sustainability thing is 
the clients are now saying, well, where do those bales go? That's a very big part of our new work. And what other products can you help us with? So our company is focused on providing the technology to recycle as much as possible of all the different wastes that people create in businesses. And they are asking us to help them because it's very hard for a business to find out who the best recycler is in Brisbane or, or say, Townsville. Now, that's part of one thing, a big part of our growing business is we are connecting this lovely network of of ethical recyclers here in, in Australia who are going to get that material turned back into, i.e. plastic beads or paper products, but plastic beads are a big one. We import that, you know, millions of tonnes of that stuff from overseas. Let's stop that and use the plastic that we've got here. And that, you know, and people want to do that. And so if we are using our own plastic, um, that's a phenomenal thing moving forward. And you can see how our business changed. All we would do was dump a baler into the site, teach them how to use it beautifully, and off we'd merrily go. Now, a huge part of our company is involved in recycling. Where does that product go? Make sure the collections happen on time. And we work with uh, our recycling teams and our waste management companies who are our wonderful transport mechanism for this product. So we're all working together. And that's that's where, the, again, and, and I always try and be positive, this is the positive approach to it, is the waste companies are our recycling companies. They have the trucks already. They are ready to go. So what we are asking the businesses is, well, can you provide the product in a form that our recyclers can now use? So, you know, we've, we've introduced wonderful new sorting technique. It's called Infinity. So we have uh, bag stands and... Um, uh, bag stands that we can we can mount on walls or, or freestanding and we have continuous cartridges that make it very easy to load large quantities of products or small and we can color code them so say you go into a food manufacturer you can't have clear plastic inside the food production because if it gets in they can't see it so now we have everybody wanting different colored bags not a problem and that plastic is recyclable so these things, plastic isn't the enemy, you see. Yep. And, that, and and our whole change when we go into a site is trying to ascertain all the positive things that they can do quite quickly. And, and yes, you're right. And I'm sorry, it's a long-winded way, but a complete change in our business now, it's all about where does that product go and efficiencies within those business and quick results that are cost-effective. So Yeah, and I, I, I think, no, it's a great example because I think it fits in with something that I knew at the, you know, we called it like the closed loops. It's, it's almost about where yes. it's going, but it's, it's just as so much about where it's coming from. But that could actually be a waste from where it's the whole, from what's happened before. So, you know, this yes. closed loop is coming in. It becomes oh. what you're using now could have actually come out as a waistline in your factory six months ago. Mm. Yeah, understanding where that, so it's just as much about, what do I do with it at the end? But it's just then about where, where is it actually coming from? And I want to go back to a point, Neil, that you picked up before, because I think it goes back to when we're designing our products, when we're designing our processes, and even back to we come to Charlotte and the, you know what Winston Group do, we've got to be acutely aware now of that impact when we decide to do something. Sounds great. But when we then got to bring it in and then look to use it afterwards, We've really got to think about the long, the total life of something now. So, and I think Neil, that's definitely something you and the team at Ground Probe are looking at, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just just going back one step to the thing about leadership. I think you know part of the leadership role is to is put the connective tissue in place between the you know the policies and the, the objectives, the the key objectives that the business needs to drive sustainability. And one of ours has definitely been around product design. Is that for many reasons, you know, our, our product has a diesel engine embedded in it. Some of our products have diesel engines embedded in them. Obviously, that's not that's not great for the environment. So we need to design that out. But in designing that out, we also need to consider the use of the materials and where they're coming from, sustainable supply chain to get them in. So it's a very broad approach to it. And then when you've got the product, you want to make sure that at the end of its life, which could be between eight and twelve years out from when we ship it. That it can be broken down into its component parts by design, and then those parts can be fed back into the various recycling streams. Um, that was never a part of the mindset before. It was it was never designed in. So we have to design our product for the the life cycle of the product to be fed back into the circular economy again. But we also have to design a product that's minimum impact in its use. 
So it's a radical rethink from the design to the supply chain to the manufacture to the use of the product to the end of its life. So it's an entire life cycle management rethink. Yeah, no, exactly right. So Charlotte, coming back to um, to where you are and in terms of um, with Winston Group, so your sustainability role. So are you, obviously there's your own internal sustainability, but mm-hmm. is there a view at looking at where materials are coming from and then ultimately what your customers then do with it as well? Is How's that coming in as part of the conversation? Yeah, most definitely. Um Obviously, everyone's looking for sustainability in the e-commerce um, industry is in particular. You want compostable mailers. You want to be able to advertise that you're making a change as a small e-commerce business. So there's been that drive. I think also our focus at the Winston Group is how we package our products to send it out. Because not only is our product, we, we need to think about how our products impact the environment, but how we are sending them out and how that packaging is impacting the environment. Because our end consumer will have to throw that packaging out and we need to make sure that that packaging that is not sent to landfill, you can recycle the cardboard box that came in. The label that's on that cardboard box is easily recycled. Our big drive at the moment is to reduce that unnecessary packaging, strapping that's around a box. Do you really need it? Is it just going to go straight to landfill and it's not necessary for the safety of the product? That's our big driver at the moment is making sure that it's our responsibility to make sure that our packaging is reduced to the minimal level that is needed and our consumers and our our market doesn't have to dispose of unnecessary packaging. Yeah. And I think it's, again, we're we're building on on this point of uh, is is exposing our, you know, the the days have gone where we just had to think about our own business here. You know, we've got to start thinking about suppliers, which is back to employees as well, as we've said before. But there's also about what then happens with our products and services afterwards. And, and again, how, how we can make value of those. And, I, you know, I met up with um, a couple of companies th- this week and um, there was one gentleman then saying that you know, he deals with tires, large tires. So the big mining tires and, you know, they're, they're, they're looking in terms of how they recycle tires and how they use them and things like that. And it wasn't until that he, they started having open discussions that he suddenly realized there's actually another dozen people looking at the same problem but in their own they were just on their own thinking we can't make an impact but now there's a whole potential supply chain of of rubber that now someone can take and do something work back into roads i've heard there's someone now who's turning it into insulation panels because rubber's good insulator you can now turn it into wool products and, you know, with thermal and heat. But problem was, I'm going back to a statement that was on the chat earlier. If we see it as negative, our mindset is completely wrong with this now. You know, it's it's seen as a dirty thing and we just got to hide it or move it or don't let anybody know that we've got it. Well, now it's about being aware of this is what we can do with it now and actually can create value. And all this energy has gone in this great product. And I think, Rachel, you said it for about plastic. You know, I've worked with a, a number of plastic companies before, especially in the medical devices, where plastic is the perfect material for medical devices. But now we've got to work out how we use it and how we recycle it afterwards. And I think where we are back to this, our leadership, and I'm not talking about our leadership right through the whole business now. And I love, you know, what Neil was saying now that, you know, building it into the culture about getting people to say, well, why can't we do this with it? Or why does it have to come in six separate boxes? Or why do we have to? And where's that supply chain coming from? So opening up the discussion. And I think that's a real key role of the leadership here is about we need to build the ideas and, and open up. The, the, the value chains and i think this it's a critical element to being agile and, and being and being reflective as well so going back to rachel here from from this business what what are you seeing as um are there any potential innovations or things on the horizon there's a lot coming and sort of further further to, to, to charlotte's points about you know what what uh, companies are shipping out the door and and you know winston group do a fantastic job there but th- and things like, you know, your PTs, the strapping that's going around all the pallets, you know, you've got to be realistic about the weights of things and, and how we hold those pallets together. So again, the PET strapping is not the enemy. That product is actually quite valuable, or it can be, and this technology to chip it up so that it's it's in a form that we can actually fully recycle. And, and it may be the only cost-effective way of getting those heavy pallets out to, out to sites all around Australia. 
but again there's definitely a path uh, there is down south and there's coming to Queensland a path for that product so then what you do is you say to your clients that are shipping it to you can you please provide it in one color so this is where we do these simple things polystyrene again you know I have technology that compacts it I have a couple of machines that reduce it from 40 bins down to one or onto a pallet and that's that and, and polystyrene is going to become quite a uh, valuable product in the future for combining with with technology that's going to be used for recycling so you know again polystyrene is another uh, material that is can be the most effective way it's not the enemy if it's recycled and there are pathways for recycling it today uh, it's just people aren't aware of them i think half of the time um but, uh, you know pot, uh, again to what charlotte was saying you know changing that packaging polystyrene beading is is something that's now being changed and i think when some group does this they have the the puffed brown paper packaging that we use instead of that yes it is it's you yeah and that's amazing we actually use that in Miltech. so all of our products coming from overseas and shipping around we we use that packaging so that's a smart move and and of course that product can be bailed straight in with your cardboard boxes if you've changed uh, a waste being an issue to something of value because once you've bailed it then you've potentially got a value so it, you know there are so many simple ways pallet wrap the shrink wrap which is again a big winsome product i'd imagine uh, again you know always consider the site that we went out to this morning uh, i'm looking at all this pallet wrap that's going to landfill and i said to him we need to put up some infinity stands around i want you to capture all of that and the thing is and what people don't understand and and is that you can use your cardboard baler for your loose plastic so you put your plastic aside in bags and every now and then pop in the bale the bags of plastic and then you've got an efficient bale of, of product and all of these are very simple things you don't have to have 10 machines you can have one cardboard machine that does plastic as well so it's so much that can be done very 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 simply and um, you know if we think of all the waste that are generated out of businesses a lot of them are very simple waste that in, milk, in our, our business we, we, we deal with you know we're getting involved now in glass recycling that's another one Kevin that's been such mm. an issue and well done to container refund scheme. So all the all the bottles that have a value, they go there. Well, what we are now doing is we're going to crush the other bottles. So all your wine and whiskey and all the other kind of fun bottles, we can crush those uh, into a an aggregate that can be used in and eroding. So it's not a bad thing. Glass is a, it has such a long life as far as recycling. It's just it's about presenting it in a way that our wonderful waste companies or recycling companies can lift it efficiently and effectively and get it to our recyclers. So, you know, I'm just trying to think, yeah, there's so much technology coming. We've got machines, you know, we, we can pack 44 gallon drums flat as a pancake. So, you know, you can, you can fill up a container with four times as much. It's about thinking about, you know, smart ways of presenting, just as the Winson Group's doing with their, their puff cardboard and their and their plastic pallet wrap that we can is highly desirable for recycling because it's clear plastic that we can recolor yeah. and i think you're, you're really building on the message here rachel is about we've, we've got a change in the mindset here so this is about a growth mindset it's about a positive yeah. mindset it's about a value mindset and asking the questions about what if we could do this you know if i could crush all of these or if we could save this or if we didn't have to ship everything in you know or if we could recycle reuse or or could we go to returnable packaging you know with our customer base you know because the chances are someone saying oh i wish they would just take this back and you just gotta you just gotta bring the two together and i think you know i'm, I'm hearing some very strong messages which really go back to what we were saying before you know positive mindsets getting your team involved here because you know the, the sustainability isn't just at this top leadership we've said this before is about if we want to create the right culture want to create the right business yes this senior leadership is important but we've got to get everyone involved and, and start to pick up and, and really talk about value and especially with you know new people coming into the business is actually listening to 
some of what they believe in and be willing to take that on board. So it could be a traditional business. I mean, Winston Group's a family business, been around for how many years now, Charlotte? Almost quite a few years. So it's very easy to fall into that traditional we know best, you know, and about how do we how do we create it into a positive? Because you know, there are a lot of sectors where it will become a part of a contract, as we say. Now, that's not the only driver. We should be doing it for the right reason. But I think sooner or later there's some business out there gonna say, Well, unless you can show this or do this. You're just not going to get into into the next level for business. And I think this is where us as leaders have really got to take this on board and take the team on the journey and actively listen to the team because we may we as leaders may not be the right people to drive this. We can support it and say we're open it up. We may not be the right people as leadership now as the ones who are going to make it happen. So I'm just going to go through now. And Eric, I'm just, just keen to get a bit of thoughts from you, but I really want to, we're into the last five minutes already of the, of the podcast, so another great podcast. I really want some key messages from, from Rachel, from Neil and Charlotte. So if you were talking to business leaders, well, you are talking to business leaders now because there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands, listen to this one. What's your, what's your, what's your key messages to business leaders about making value of this? So while the team's thinking of that, Eric, any, any thoughts just to start to bring together this podcast? Yeah, I, I I don't think we're at a point of disagreement, uh, Kevin, but I think any of this change, whether it's in the sustainability space or how you network or how your business does what it does in its sphere of influence is about what are your values as a business and how do you connect those values to the people that you work with? And I think personally, any change or any adoption of different practices, and I think Rachel outlined it best, that needs to come from the people that run the joint. It it can't just come from the employees because if there's a disconnect between what your employees want and what you want, eventually, if you're the business leader, you will win out because it's your business. So I think leaders need to be more engaged in this conversation. More broadly, I think the conversation is still quite a big one because I, I can hear Rachel's enthusiasm for what she's doing. And I think more and more people are going to come online and look at their business inputs and processes, but I don't think everyone's quite there yet. So to make an assumption that we're all on the same trajectory, I, I think is dangerous. And whoever's going to lead a culture change now, um, any of you can correct me here because I'm going into a territory that I have limited expertise in, but I've seen it. When you do culture change, I, th- I think it's small steps and you bring people along with a narrative that gets you to an end point. Okay. So Charlotte, come on, this is your opportunity. You're talking to the business leaders out there in Australia, New Zealand, and well, global, I reckon. Now, what would your message be to business leaders to to get on board? Um, I think my message would be change is hard. We all know that making a change is hard, but if you are able to lead from the front with something that you're really passionate about, like sustainability, you are able to make that shift, that cultural shift that you need to get everyone on board. So you really want to lead through from the front and take people on board with you on this sustainability journey. Fantastic. Neil? Yeah, I agree with that completely. It's a massive subject, and I think most businesses are a long way behind where they need to be right now, and that means there's a lot of embedded things that need to change. So I think change management in terms of policy, finance, maybe even our business model, is that if you're not looking at this now, you really should be, and you should be looking at it holistically as a business, maybe even your product. You should be looking at you know opportunities and threats because you know all those SWOT analyses that we do when we're doing our business and strategy plans. We need to go back to that again and make sure that we're not going to be our business is not going to be made ir- irrelevant or you know become demonised because it's actually not doing the right thing. So I think if you know business leaders are listening to this, I would say if you're really not looking at this right now, you should be fully engaged in this. But also on the positive side, it's so exciting right now. There's so much going on. There's so many opportunities. There's money to be made. There's opportunities to be capitalised on and there's the, the, the ability to do something that really matters that's going to make a major difference. So get stuck in and do it. Fantastic. Rachel? Well, I would I would say that right now, you know, I agree with everyone there, you know, right now is the most exciting time it's ever been for sustainability and recycling. And companies that are um, leading from the front who are engaging their team, you know, using the Kaizen continuous improvement principles, you know, as Neil was saying, and, and my message would be, you, you, you're not going to get everybody on board with every, every change you make in a business, but when you show the team uh, those small wins that they can make that financially improve the business and improve their workplaces and also 
you are creating the environment that they want to work in with a company that they can see is making a difference to their recycling and environmental footprint. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Rachel. So as we always always do on these podcasts right near the end, so what just what one takeaway from today's discussion? So, uh, Neil, one takeaway from today's discussion. Uh, I love the passion and the energy in this particular group. And I think that I'm hearing that everywhere I go is that the major takeaway for me is that this is a really exciting time and there's a lot we can do that's positive. Yep. Thank you. Charlotte? Well, I think the biggest thing was always ask a question. I, what Rachel was saying about polystyrene, I always had this idea that polystyrene was horrific for the environment and we need to completely reduce it, get rid of it, never touch it again. But I guess you need to ask the questions if there is a more effective way or a better way to dispose of an item and if you can get those income streams. Thank you. Yeah, Rachel? Uh, I think that, you know, this is a wonderful collaboration, Kevin. I really appreciate the, the positiveness out of the group that we've had. I think that you've got a leadership team here who are on the right page and the companies that we're all going to work with are going to succeed I have no doubt thank you Eric I think for this one Kevin is the way you get some change is to build the business case for change and I think there are opportunities here and if people aren't motivated necessarily by one thing they will be motivated by another and you've got to find what motivates you to change and so I mean it's finding that choke point that will get people to look at their systems because you've got to you got to realize maybe you've got to get to a point where a business will go could I do something better and sometimes you don't come to that realization unless you ask a question about what it is that you're doing and potentially could it be done better and so yeah for me it's it's build a business case and bring organizations and industries with you whatever the topic area is including sustainability that would be my takeaway yeah, thank you, Eric. And I think for me, it's the uh, it's the real message about making it positive and keeping it positive. I think the other one is little things matter. Little things can make a really big difference. And I think it's everybody that's, that's got to be involved and, and everybody within the business, but, you know, upstream and downstream. And also um, the, the things about just how you can build that into community and families as well. So it's been a fantastic, I think we've We've talked about a great topic and a very relevant topic. We've also, I think, reinforced some of the leadership themes that we've also come across well in terms of, uh, you know, communication and how your leaders have an impact on the business. So it's been a great conversation today. So thank you to our, our co-presenters. So Rachel, thank you very much for today. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, thank you, Neil. Thank you. And thank you, Charlotte. That's amazing. Uh, great. And as always, Eric, thank you very much for supporting us on this journey. And we look forward to uh, further Talking Leadership Best Practice Network podcast. Thanks for joining us again. That ends the Talking Leadership Best Practice Network set of podcasts. This is the seventh in the series for 2021. It goes without saying, I'd like to thank Neil, Rachel and Charlotte for their contributions to this podcast and previous guests that have helped to build the content around leadership. And of course, I'd like to thank Kevin Bennett, who is the Queensland and New South Wales Regional Facilitator for the Best Practice Network. More content on the way in 2022. So if you have ideas or issues you'd like us to consider for the 2022 set of podcasts, please get in touch with Kevin. His details will be in the podcast description as always. And from a talking leadership perspective, if there is a one-on-one -on -one discussion you'd like to have with me on either the audio or now the new video podcasting platforms under the Talking Leadership podcast series, please get in touch. I'll make my details available in the podcast description as well. Finally, and not least importantly, obviously, is to have a Merry Christmas and safe end of 2021. It's been another interesting and challenging year for businesses and leaders across Australia, let alone across the world. Have a safe break and an enjoyable new year. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next podcast series.